game on Sunday, man. You, I know you're nervous for the Rams, but you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there. Bro, that, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking anyone was there. And a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Bug fans were there, too. Meat Bug. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little clear. But we're joined by Pat It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little No, my, my uh, camera's broke. What is going on, everybody? We got fun going on tonight. It's a Friday night, and we got great people in the house. We got a great co-host of mine, the man, the myth, the legend, Huncho himself. And then we got our good buddy, longtime friend of the shows, and really one of the original OGs of the Buccaneers podcast. And we're always honored to be able to catch up with Gene from... Buck what you heard, and he's always doing incredible things and always has incredible knowledge to bring to the table surrounding Buccaneer football, regarding Buccaneer football. So we can't wait to break down and crack open some cold ones for this 2-0 Monday night football matchup with the great Gene himself, and we're going to bring him in here. And you can follow us right now at Bucketeers. You're watching on either our YouTube, Buck What You Heard's YouTube, as we're multi-streaming tonight. So that's a cool thing that Gene and I have been doing the past couple of times. We've been on each other's shows. So it's always fun with Gene, and we're looking to continue that fun tonight. And uh, I'll let him speak some now. Gene, how the hell are you doing, brother? Welcome in, and uh, always an honor to talk Bucks ball with you. Man, thank you for having me on. I love the show, love the content. And uh, again, this is this is a little bit more to me. This is a lot more entertaining than, you know, turning on the TV and, you know, watching some of the other the networks and, and the stuff that they try to push. I, I love that you're invested in this team and, you, you know, I, I appreciate your work. And Gene, uh, you know, I, w- I wouldn't be lying if I said half the reason why I'm podcasting for the Bucks right now is the likes of you and other great podcasters, you know, and you got some good ones to look up to. It helps out a lot. So I appreciate you. And uh, I appreciate you giving us time as always, brother. Uh, we're going to always make time for you guys, man. I know you do, man. That's Well, some other guys, uh, Dustin, me, no, I'm kidding, but uh, always an honor to have you here, brother. And, yeah. you, you know, you, we talk wrestling as well, so you're not a one-trick pony either. That's for dang Oh, no, man. You know, I, I, love, I love wrestling, man. That's what's up. <laughs> Absolutely. Huncho, um, I don't know if you're still wrestling with your connection or what, brother, but if you're there now, uh, how how you doing? And if not? Well, it looks like Huncho might still be down. So it's Gene and Tones here for the foreseeable, and uh, we'll get Hunch in when we can. But Gene, uh, we're not going to waste no time here. Uh, you know, it's Friday night. Oh, Huncho, you are here, brother. How the hell are we doing? Uh, you figure out that wrestling match. Uh, Internet's a son of a gun sometimes, man, I tell you. It's always a great adventure, man. When yeah, you man. Go it's, I don't know. It's been kicking my ass all week. I feel like you're always ready to roll, not you literally, but, you know, for a podcast, people are ready to roll, then something like that will happen out of nowhere right when the pod starts, like Gene said. So, fellas, 
Uh, it is Friday night. We got a big game on Monday night. 2-0, and 2-0. and Gene, what are your thoughts so far, brother? Just uh, lay some Bucks thoughts on us after the first two weeks of the season uh, to this point. Are, do you have, uh, you know, are you glad? Are you glad with what you've seen so far? I'm really, I'm really happy with you know what we've seen so far from this team. Um, it's a far cry from what everybody was saying at the uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, even before preseason, and uh, people had pretty much written off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Had every, I mean, every poll I can think of that I saw, you know, just we and, and again, I didn't go out looking for this. These are like on my uh, Twitter line, uh, excuse me, X line, formerly known as Twitter, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> But um, I, I just I would see it and I like come on you guys you you guys can be serious here, um, and I think there's a the Bucks have a lot to prove this season, and uh, everybody for the most part figured as soon as Tom Brady was gone uh, that was pretty much it for the Buccaneers. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Jason Light I, I love Jason Light and uh, I want to go so far as to say I'm a Jason Light apologist to a point, but just what he's been able to do in his process when he came to Tampa, the cupboard was bare, didn't have really any talent there. And then he's uh, outside of Levante David, maybe, you know, what he was able to build, uh, you know, to get to the point where he's, you know, winning a Super Bowl is is just important to uh, to keep in mind. But just looking at this team and, and who you have, you Antoine Winfield, uh, Vita Vea, you've got JTS is playing good. Shaq Barrett, Superman, who had that catastrophic injury last year, and he's mm-hmm. balling like he never got hurt. I mean, these are things that we won't, nobody was talking about this in offseason. Everybody's concern was, well, Tom Brady's gone. The offense is going to be trash. You know, that's pretty much the, they did people, pretty much what people were alluding to. So the fact that the Bucks are going out here and they're proving the doubters wrong, they're, they're silencing the critics. I just, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic about what we're seeing right now. And I'm, I'm happy. As a fan, I'm celebrating every game as we win. But you know, the next game, it's next next team up, and you got to face them, and you got to get out there and execute. Yeah, definitely. And I think you hit the nail on the head with a lot of these veterans you got on the team. Shaq overcoming the injury, and honestly, the mentality Shaq's been able to bring to the table is the great J.C. Allen joins us in the <laughs> chat. What's up, J.C.? Throwing from- slander. He's throwing slander out there early too. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's uh, Gene's favorite player is Logan Hall. <laughs> Gene, I think uh, that laugh says it all, brother, uh, on that front. What What are your thoughts about Logan Hall thus far? I mean, I know he's a kid, and I know he's got, um, you know, time left in the tank, but thoughts on Logan Hall's first two games before we get to Hunch? Um, for me, I, I... – since he's been in the, in the league, since he's played, whenever he's gotten his chance to get out there, I haven't seen the flashes. And in, I guess it's kind of hard to explain. Like when you saw when you saw Vita Vea, you knew Vita Vea was going to be special. When you saw JTS, JTS was had the speed, but he was he was missing the quarterback. He was getting close, and you knew that you know all, he really had to kind of step up his game. Um, with Logan Hall, I just. I, and I know maybe he's a late bloomer. Maybe it may be um, year three for him or year year four before he the speed of the game catches up with him. But he seems to get lost in the sauce when, you know, you're talking pass rush or, or the run game. 
And there have been a couple of plays that he's made, but he's been in the right place at the right time. And uh, so I don't know. Uh, it just uh, observation. I hope he does better because you, you hate to see a draft pick wasted. And I'd love for him to be able to contribute, but we just, we just haven't seen it. Yeah, I agree with you. Matt Riddle got released. Yeah. And you know, we're going to circle to that quick hunch. I swear we'll bring you in after this, but Gene, I did see for you wrestling fans out there, Riddle, some allegations have been floating about him the past couple of months. And, uh, I'm not going to bring them up on here because I'm not TMZ. I don't know if they're true. I don't know if they're not true. And I don't like to spew the fake news, but let's just put it like this. Uh, Matt Riddle got caught up doing some stuff, allegedly. Um, You guys could look it up. Everybody has a phone out there and you could be the judge for yourself. So the release didn't really surprise me necessarily because uh, my new budget cuts were coming. Anytime you have a company merger, whether it's wrestling or whether it's, you know, whatever it is, you're going to get some budget cuts. And sadly, uh, the riddle out of the ring situation had to be one of those reasonings of the budget cut. As Neil joins us, yes, sir, yes, sir, one of our regulars. Neil, how it do, brother? Gene, quick thoughts on riddle, Gene? Um, I I still believe in uh, innocent until proven guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to save any... Anything that I have, uh, I don't believe in the court of public opinion. Um, I would hope that you know, when all the when when all the facts come out, then you you can kind of make you can make it a judgment. And I think it's ruined so many lives where people have rushed to judgment and they've been wrong, and nobody wanted to apologize. I know, right? I, one thing that pops up in my head is Nacho, where people were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there was an issue with a dog. Uh, several years ago, and I just was like, couldn't believe that Bucks fans just turned on this dude. Then the truth came out, and nobody wanted to apologize about it. People just kind of brushed it under the rug like they didn't say anything. And I don't believe that, you know, we should be playing with people's careers like that. I think the facts need to come out before you rush to judgment. That's just my opinion. I agree, Gene. And, uh, you know, that's a one problem, I guess, before we get to football. I swear football's coming. But uh, <laughs> that's my one problem with the WWE. I, I would say we've seen it time and time again where they release stars. They don't support have... your people. No, I mean, look at Rick Swan. He was proven not guilty. He got released right away. I thought he was a hell of a wrestler. A um, little bit of a weird cat, Enzo Amore, but I think he ended up getting proven um, it, not guilty as well. Exactly. They they released him and you know, the list goes on and on with those type of guys. So I understand as you, I don't actually, I don't understand everyone's rush to judgment. I get wanting to save face, but you could keep riddle around, kind of put him in the background, keep him under contract, figure things out, you know, like, like the Rays are doing what Wander Franco right yeah. now, figure it out and uh, see what the hell happens. Like the Rays easily could have shipped off Franco by now if they listened to the, you know, proclaimed allegations, but I'm glad they're not. I'm glad they're letting it play out and I'm glad whatever, whatever ends up happening, um, you know, I'll ride with that decision based on the evidence. 100%. Hunch, how the hell you doing, brother? Uh, Welcome in. I I see uh, you got your hat on tonight. You're feeling good. Happy Friday, brother. Man, it's been a long ass day, but man, we here, man. We always here, man. I'm glad to have you on the show, Gene. Thank Missed you. you last time. You was great. You do your thing over there, man. 
it's great to have you on, man. We're gonna kill it. And um, I don't know much about wrestling now. When I was growing up, I was a big Stone Cold Rock, yeah. you know, all that. I was, but you know, as I got older, you know, I, I kind of lost it. But I'm all for it though. I love it though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's exciting and interesting. My kids love it. Like, you know. You gave me that OG uh, WrestleMania shirt one of the times I came down to oh, Tampa. Yeah, I, did. Huh? I did give you one too. Yeah. So that was love. I hope I hope to see you this weekend, brother. I will be making the trek down around eight forty-five a.m. tomorrow, and uh, you, you know, know you're gonna see me. That's what I love to hear, brother. We'll have to uh, have a couple toasts to some good football all weekend long between college and NFL. We got quite the pro slate and the Monday we got a double header. I kind of wanted to ask you guys this as well, Gene. Uh, it seems like we're moving more towards, I don't know if they're going to be permanent Monday night double headers, but at least frequent Monday night double headers. We had last week, Monday night double header. We have this week, Monday night double header. Then we have a week 14, I believe Monday night double header. So we went from back in the day. We had no Monday night double headers. And for the past couple of years, we had one Monday night doubleheader. Last year, they went to two Monday night doubleheaders. This year, we see three. It seems like the trend's going in a certain direction. What are your thoughts on the Monday night doubleheaders, and do you think uh, they'll keep uh, increasing the game? I think the, I think the NFL is overcooking the grits, man, as my grandma used to say. And it, it should be one Monday, one Monday night game. I don't like Thursday night football, personally. I think the Monday night game and the Sunday night game are special games. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing in that game, you should be the only that, you know, for that channel, you should be the only one on that platform at that time because mm-hmm. these are special games, but they're watering it down to the point where they don't, they don't have the same meaning back in the day. A Monday night game was special. You right. play in a Monday night. That was important. That was special. But now when you got two games playing simultaneously, you've you've watered down the product so i i think greed is overtaking the nfl and i think they're they're going too far with this it should be they should be taking advantage of these special games propping them up uh you know just you know getting everybody hyped for these games but it, it just seems like the nfl is going the opposite way and they're just throwing another throwing another matchup out there and uh to me it's it just it waters down the product yeah, and Hunch, before we get your opinion, I wanted to say I agree with you 100%, Gene. And to me, if you're going to do it, not that I would still like it because I'd be asleep for the second game, but at least do like a, you know, 7 Eastern and a 10 Eastern game or something like that where, you know, you have a West Coast team. Again, I don't want that, but if you're going to do a doubleheader, at least split it out so these cats get their own primetime feel. Kind of how they used to do on opening Monday night football. They used to do the West Coast late game and the East Coast early game. To me, it's a little too much kafluff. You know, it's like yeah. last Monday, you know, it's like usually you're all invested into one game. I really didn't know what egg or what uh, basket to put my eggs into last Monday. Obviously, you know, the division know. game. But at the end of the day, the other game should have been more appealing. But it's a game of cat and mouse. Huncho, do you agree with Gene and me, or are you a doubleheader Monday night guy? No, I, I'm completely agreeing with you, too, because I turned on the game thinking it started at, like, 8 o'clock, like, regular, and it was halfway through the first or second quarter. I'm like, what's going on? I didn't even know the game was on. And um, and then when I realized it was a doubleheader, I'm like, 
just like you guys been saying, one team should be playing, get the spotlight, focus on that game because it's hard to watch two. How are you watching two games? Yeah, you know, it just takes too much to do all that. I think one team should 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 play, get the spotlight, especially if you got a team like us playing the Eagles this Monday on a come up. That's going to be a great game and and for the world to see what we can bring and certain teams can bring to the to the to the uh, platform, you know, it's, I don't feel like it's right. And it's just a money grab everywhere, left and right. All the streaming's all messed up. How you got to turn to this channel to look for that and try to stream Peacock and Amazon. And it's just crazy, man. I just wish you could go back to Fox or NBC or however they, you know, it's just, it's a lot. Yeah. Pretty soon you're going to need every dang streaming, streaming service under the sun to watch everything. I, I mean, baseball, you have Friday night on Apple, you have Sunday morning on Peacock, you got, um, you know, you got a bunch of crazy stuff. The Cubs have their own channel, Marquee Network, and then we're seeing this with football more and more. As we do have a uh, fun comment from Loose Cannons Leprechaun, am I invited? I'm guessing it's for the brouhaha. Come on by this weekend, brother. Come, come get some. If you want some, come get some. <laughs> it, you know, the great WWE superstar once said, uh, surfing through the comments here. A lot of people agree with us. Uh, Bud says, I don't like Monday night games. Krillin says the Monday night double headers are F Donnie Pepin says he doesn't like Monday night double headers. <laughs> so it's a right. entourage of the same opinion. I feel like we're all on the same page, which is beautiful. Um, Christopher has an interesting comment. I rewatched a Vikings game and when Kansi was in the game, he was double teamed a lot. Plus I had to see Levante David get ran over. Uh, I do want to bring up something. Christopher makes an interesting comment. Gene, we'll start with you here. Go to Huncho, then end with me. Uh, Josh Kepo, one of the greats at Pewter Report. He does great job breaking down cap coverage. He does I good film. Him. Yeah, he's a great guy, man. For those that don't know Josh too well. He really knows his stuff and, uh, yeah. you know, especially about the salary cap, but really about all of football. But I'm a big Josh guy. He's a great dude. He's one of Pewter Report's greats. But he he went out. I, I was watching Pewter Report's pregame show last week with Matt Matt Matera and Josh Kiepo. And uh, Josh said that Cansey, in his opinion, is already – our best pass rusher from watching the preseason film and or not preseason film, but from um, watching his college film and from getting to know him in the little bit of time he was in training camp. And then just a couple of snaps against the Vikings, as Christopher alluded to, they were already double teaming him. Uh, Gene, what are your thoughts on Cansey? I know we haven't seen a ton of the kid, but it's really hard not to be excited for him. I was just going to say that, and it kind of, this is a great example of what I was talking about, uh, a player that's special. When you look at Logan Hall, and I'm not comparing the two, each guy has his own way of doing things. Um, When you look at Logan Hall, you just, I just don't see special. I see a guy that is at at best serviceable. But when you looked at Cansey, Cansey, the first step, um, hand placement, just, uh, just what he was doing, you know, he's, and, and I believe that he's NFL ready. I, you know, you, you heard people talking, you know, about, about him at the draft and, you know, the comparisons that are made, I think that comparisons do a disservice to players. I would just like to say this kid is, he's on a trajectory to really, really do something if he can stay healthy. So um, just what you saw out of him right out of the box, man, is just great. 
I mean, that's what you want, and it gets the fans excited. And I didn't see him as a liability in any of the phases of the game. But, again, it was just a sample size. Eventually, we'll get to see him on a, on a regular basis. He's somebody that I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, making contributions. I mean, you got Cansey next to Vita Vea, man. I'm just – you can't I – w- I would love to see that in this Philadelphia game. Unfortunately, you know, with his injury, you want – you want him to come back 100%. I'm looking at um, uh, the so – who's our quarterback? The quarterback for Cincinnati – I'm drawing a blank. I don't know why. Um, Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow with the calf injury. Uh, and, it's, you know, soft tissue. But they're being cautious with him, and they're not rushing him back right away because you want him on the back end of the season. And I'm thinking, you know, like we saw with Vita Vea, his rookie season, he got hurt in preseason. And – you know, when he came in, he was able to make an impact. So I think you're kind of seeing something similar here, and I hope that, um, you know, what we're seeing from him, he continues to improve. I agree with you completely, Gene, and uh, I think that we're going to continue to see Cansey improve as well. And one thing that Jason Light and these guys have a pretty good sense for, I feel like, and I'm a huge Jason Light guy just like yourself. I think he's done a phenomenal job in his time here in Tampa, Ken says need the O-line to play the game of their lives. We'll get into that in a bit. I think he's done a great job drafting O-line as well. But really, I think he's done a great job at drafting a lot of good uh, defensive pieces. If you look around the board, you have Jamel Dean, you have Carlton Davis, you have Antoine Winfield Jr., you have Devin White, Vita, Vea, Joe Tryon, Shawanka, and now Kalijah Kansi. You could sprinkle in another, uh, a couple other cats as well that – um. You know, I mean, you got to you got to talk about Izzy, and I, and I know yeah. that the guy's young, but I'm I'm gonna drop his name as well. As exactly, and that's a UDFA, so that's even yeah. you know all the more so impressive. That's a great mention, Gene. And then at the same time as Izzy, and I, I would throw in um, Anthony Nelson as another good draft pick. So I think Cansey's gonna fall in line with these good defensive draft picks. I think that he's gonna prove that he was worth the first round pick, and. uh couple of GMs actually said that they had him higher up on their boards even more so than, um, you know, where the Bucks drafted him at. So all good stuff there. Hunch, your thoughts on Canty? Do you agree with Gene and I? Is, is it's going to be a, f- a fun performance when it's showtime for the big guy? Like he's the missing key piece. You guys can hear me? Yeah, yeah. we could hear you, brother. Okay, finally. Um, yeah, I feel like he's just the missing key piece, and it's so key and vital for him to get back on the field because he makes the offensive line faster, and um, he he eats up blocks also. And um, I think it's just going to be too many pieces for them to block on that defensive line. And he, he as you've seen, as soon as he got in, he caused a disruption against the Vikings, man, and he's good at stunts. They, they've been saying in practice that he was doing a phenomenal job and he's not carrying himself like a rookie. It's like he's made for this uh, defense. And um, Todd Bowles definitely knows how to use him. And he's going to bring so much to this uh, defense when he's back in, in line and inserted. I just pray that he gets healthy enough. In my mind, I'm thinking he's uh, going to be back, say, probably after the bye week, just being realistic, just letting him get time to heal up as much as possible. If we could take down the Eagles, then we'll sit them down and put sure for the Saints and see what he can do after the bye week and just let them rest up, man. But I, I'm, I'm excited to see him and Sebastian Dennis and what they can bring yeah. to the table. 
you know, because um, th those are some pretty stout guys. And I, I believe Jason Light, I've been saying this for a while, this is one of the best drafts he didn't did in a, uh, maybe his best one with the uh, un undrafted free agents and stuff like that. The guys coming in performing, like Izzy and you got guys like that coming in, just making plays like that. Like, it's just oh phenomenal. Just like a rookie of two picks already each game. I mean, it's just getting better. It's just gonna get better and better. I'm just excited and um, ready for this defense to get fully healthy and see what they can really do. And we haven't yeah. even talked about Palmer on the other side of the ball. I mean, it's right. Like, it's just a lot of play. Just a lot of pieces there that. Yeah. As this offense gets better and gets more continuity together and gel, it's gonna get better in the defense when when they're holding healthy. I think they're going to be phenomenal. I was talking to my friend today, and he's an Eagles fan. So, you know, uh, he was saying, oh, this play is not this, and that play is not this, talking about Dean's trash. And I'm just telling him how much Dean's just been playing bad these last two games and um, so how much about all these players. And um, he's talking about his front seven. And um, it, was, it, it was just a, a long, long conversation with, with the Eagles fans. And I think – they eat their young. Best yet. <laughs> they're, they're, you can't reason with an Eagles fan. Or Dallas is the other side of that. I had to throw them in because I don't like them either. But <laughs> th these are two arrogant teams that they just – it's just who they are. Right. And, I, and I strongly believe that they're overlooking the Buccaneers. I still believe that they're overlooking the Buccaneers. Uh, they're buying into the hype that the teams that the Bucs beat are winless. But the Bucs went out and played who were in front of them. And they won the game like they were supposed to. Facts. Look what I they agree. did with the Vikings. And the Vikings yeah. put up more points against the Eagles than they did against the Bucks. So I'm like kind of baffled. Like, yeah. how do you feel like they're so superior to us? And they, they struggle with the Vikings, and we actually held them to 17 points, which was. Well, it's, re you know, it's recency bias in the media. Hertz was a new toy last year that everybody happened to fall in love with. So the Eagles are going to have, um, you know, the unbearable momentum. And then everybody hears how much Georgia college football players the Eagles have on their roster, and they hype that up as well. They see the Eagles get some veterans like Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift, and they overvalue those guys who have really never been all too great in their careers. But now since they're on the Eagles, they're deemed as these ball players who are really good ball players. So it's one of those things, like Gene said, Eagles fans – Remember, they proclaimed themselves as a dream team the year they got Vince Young and Amdi and, you know, they missed the playoffs that year. I think Chip Kelly was their head coach. So um, it's nothing new with the Eagles. They've always overestimated themselves and put themselves on a pedestal, as Bud says, never go full Philly. Uh, that could mean a lot of bad things. As Ken says, I'm just curious to see how much of a home field it will be for Philly on Monday. So we're going to piggyback some Ken questions here. He mentioned the O-line earlier. I want to get your thoughts on the on uh, the O-line plays so far, Gene. Honestly, I've been pretty impressed with it. I thought Luke Gadecki's done a nice job at right tackle, really, besides a couple penalties here and there. I think he's held his own through the first two games, and I think Worse has done an outstanding. I know a lot of people say, oh, yeah, it's Worse. It's going to be an easy. Well, no, it's a whole new position left side versus right side of the line. And I think 
Worse is doing a tremendous job. And I think the veteran filer at left guard we brought in has done a really nice job of complimenting Worse on the left side. And I thought rookie Cody Mock has done a nice job on the right side. And I know Hainsey gets a lot of hate and he could surely be better. But for a backup center, I think we could do a lot worse around the league. I've been pretty pleased with this uh, five gentlemen as a whole so far. What's a Eugene? Um, I again, I'm I'm huge on body bodies of work, and when you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, 2017, 2016, 2018, uh, you know, in that time period, the offensive line was atrocious. It was horrible, horrible, mm-hmm. and the the talent that they've put on the field as of right now. Um, I don't think there's anybody on that old offensive line back then that you would want to really, you could really compare to what they have right now. I feel like they're playing together as a team, which is very important. And I think they're gelling. Uh, they are, they are actually getting better as a cohesive unit. And I think that's going to be important as long as they can go out there and do their job, keep Baker Mayfield upright. And, you know, ba- Baker Mayfield has been taking care of the football, which doesn't get talked about a lot. And, uh, you know, that, that's another factor right there. And he's at times able to get the ball out pretty quickly. And, it, again, I think that's going to be a huge factor. This is a monster, monster, monster defense that they are going to face this week. And you're going to really get to see, what, as a measuring stick, where are the where is this line in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I agree with that completely. This week will be a great measuring stick. When you look at the Eagles front seven, it's really uh, mind-blowing how many. I think they have seven former first-round picks on, you know, rotating in their front seven in general. So they got a lot of bodies out there. They got a lot of depth out there, as you alluded to. This is going to be a good uh, test for the Bucs. And to me, like you said, growing up watching some of those offensive lines, I mean, oh man, it was just yeah. And we're not even terrible. talking about the Mark Dominic era, and, and let don't oh. get me started on that. Um, again, it's just the, the the level of talent that they have there. Um, I I think these guys can protect Baker, and as long as they can keep him upright, I I think they're going to be just fine. I agree with you, and another great point you mentioned is Baker Mayfield, and we kind of talked about it all offseason on the Bucketeers here, Gene. We obviously didn't mean any discredit to Tom Brady at all, but Huncho could allude to this as well. We oftentimes said that we like the mobility and, you know, the difference that Baker brings to the table is his uh, hardness to bring down for sacks, you know, the sackability on Baker Mayfield isn't easy either huncho so far we've been uh getting paid dividends here on the baker mayfield front as huncho's playing musical chairs here uh hunch so far uh baker mayfield gene and i said so far so good and he's been more than good and the turnover free football really bodes well to that and so does his mobility in the pocket if Hunch, i I think hunch is uh figuring it out more so um, but uh, I, I, I do want to say that I'm pleasantly surprised with uh, what we've seen from Baker Mayfield. I think, again, it, it's that marriage, that Dave Canales marriage with Baker Mayfield and, and his abilities. Uh, they, they they go hand in hand. The way and uh, real, real Bucks talk, if you go back to some of their older videos, they talk about the simplicity um, that Dave Canales' offense brings to this Bucks offense. Uh, I think it's important, too. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed it. You didn't see confusion. I mean, you had undrafted free agents, uh, r- rookie free agents out there. You had 
uh, players that had never played in this system, and they all looked comfortable when they got out on the field. Uh, that's important right there because, you know, you're giving confidence to a lot of these players to where they can go out and make plays. Um, Mike Evans looked, looked amazing. Chris Godwin has looked incredible when he's gotten a chance to uh, get the ball, and he's a healthy Chris Godwin. So, again, I was indifferent when Baker Mayfield, when they announced that was our quarter, that was going to be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, just kind of had to wait and see what he does on the field. But as I've said, I'm cautiously optimistic, and I really believe that, you know, he will continue to improve. Uh, he's given us hope, you know, just out of these first two games. And I think once we can see how he handles adversity, I think that's going to be the key uh, as to where Baker drives his team to. I agree with that. I think it's going to be a battle of, uh, you know, he's going to get the adversity along the way somewhere. It's just how he handles that. And yeah. I think, you know, I, I, I like what I see from him. I, I agree with you, Gene. I'm cautiously optimistic as well, but I will say I like what I've seen from the man so far. I was indifferent when we brought him in as well. I wasn't necessarily sure how good of a fit he'd be in here. I wasn't necessarily sure um, that he was even better option than Kyle Trask was, right? Like, we really didn't see what we had in Trask. And uh, it's easy to be curious when you use a second-round pick on a quarterback that you don't really see a lot from who has had a couple years learning under the likes of Bruce Arians and Tom Brady. It it, kind of makes you want to see that guy play eventually. But I'll say this. I'm not one bit upset nor disappointed as we predicted a bunch that it would go Baker and then, you know, if he fumbles, he'll go Trask. I really never understood the people that wanted to start Trask over Baker out of the gate because to me, you know, um, it would have college affiliations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know we know how that goes with some Gator heads. And, uh, Dude, I, I, I'm going to tell you that. I'll say this. Um, I – Almost, I almost went to Florida State. I ended up going to University of Kansas, and um, you know now I'm just like a. You, if you know, you know I'm an anti, huge anti Florida State person now. But mm -hmm. I don't. I hate when your college affiliation bleeds into the professional level. When this guy, if there's a guy that's good enough to help you win a game, then that's the guy you got. You got to ride with him, or you know you have to be realistic about their abilities or lack thereof, you have to be realistic about this. You can't just be hating on somebody because you want them to fail. It's like, I didn't realize until last year how many people hated Tom Brady because he played for New England. They didn't care that he's not with New England. He's with Tampa. He's helping Tampa to win games and do things that we haven't seen for I don't know how long. And uh, it, it just boggles my mind how I guess some people rationalize their fandom. Not, not saying that there's anything wrong with it. Everybody is entitled to their way of doing things, but a lot of it just doesn't make sense to me. No, not at all, and I agree with you there, Gene. Hunch, I think we have you back now. Any thoughts on uh, what we've been discussing and depicting over the past several minutes or so? Uh, I lost track. What, what was that with, um, about? We've been talking about a couple things, what we've liked from Baker so far, how colleges affect the you know th thought process of certain players and the pros, the offensive line play, any of that you want to uh, jog over? Yeah, just, to speak on Baker, I was actually watching a, um, a clip. I put it in the group actually earlier. He was on a show, I think it's called The Quarterback Room or something like that. 
was on the he was on the show and he was talking and he was talking about what drives him and what feels what his situations was and i think personally i think we got baker at the right time in his career because he can actually he's been through all these defensive coordinate i mean offensive coordinators so they've taught him so much and he had to learn and absorb so many routes so many combinations so many defenses how they're going to attack him to the point now he's at that 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 level where he can call out certain defenses now and he can call out certain things that uh defense coordinators are trying to uh run against him to try to uh stop what's going on and he's he's now matured to that that process like he's seen it all you pretty much you can't it's nothing he hasn't seen now in his career and now when you got a guy that can actually adjust and um know what to do and how to counter what the defensive coordinators are doing i mean he's a dangerous man we got answers like dave canales been saying we got answers for what's what's drawing up if the defense wants to attack you like this we got answers for it i mean like he said it was this is like a normal game week because the first game week you didn't know what brian flores was throwing at you so I, I'm, I'm excited to see the growth and the maturity of how far baker has become and how far he can go in this offense and i've been telling my people like he only could get better the offense only could get better from here on on out man we it's just so much to learn and so many key pieces and you learning what mike mm-hmm. Evans can what he likes what chris godwin's likes he has no problem with blocking you want to get trey palmer involved you got to get devin Tompkins involved you got so many of these key pieces but you got to have the right plays that they excel at to make this offense flow and um it, I'm just excited, man. And uh, Baker, I feel like he's 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 definitely at a spot where he can um, play for a while. He's a fiery competitor. The guys rally around him. I know y'all Gert guys been hearing this word a lot, moxie. He's been having the moxie. He's just a bona fide winner. He has it in him to, to, to give it his all. You need that, you know. And coming from Brady, nothing against him. He was a statue back there. So now when you got a guy that can extend plays, roll out the pocket, making those – Patrick Malik, Patrick Mahomes like throws, it just gets you excited for seeing what's what's so in the future, what it can hold. You can't just label us one type of way. You gotta prepare for everything now around the board. And um I'm just excited, man. I love Dave Canales and how he approaches. He's done game. incredible, I think, so far, Canales. Very much so. He's open. You know, he he's open. Like he was joking with the media. He was like, Yeah, uh, I guess they were talking about four wide receivers or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a, something called for that? And he was like, uh, no, nah, I'm looking for a name. Y'all got any guys, any guys got any Bruce. like Bruce? Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Like that's what we needed in an offensive coordinator, fresh stuff like that. And not, not no uh, dickhead, excuse my language, dickhead that just think he knows everything about the game that doesn't have a job right now. You know Arrogance. what I'm saying? It's, Arrogance. It's, and I mean, it gets me hype every week. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm like, I can't sit still the night before the game comes on i'm like on edge like i can't sleep i'm i'm, I'm so prepared because it's every week is something exciting that's going to happen though and like devin white was saying earlier i think this is this this game with uh the eagles comes at the right time to kind of the, the measuring stick to where's your team at right now and you playing a good team you know one of the best defensive lines in the game and um just to see what what, what y'all really can do as a unit because two and oh sounds good and but when you get a real competitor out there, let's see how we can rally around and what can we can bring to the table. Plenty of chips on our shoulder. 
So I just want to see the fire that they, they can um, bring out there and play. Sorry. And it's no, you that was incredible. No need to be sorry for spitting the knowledge, brother. You just uh, did a hell of a job going in there. And I will say this to piggyback off you a little bit. It's quite the night and day difference in Byron and Dave Canella's press conferences and post game interviews. And, you know, I, I never I like Byron. Like, I personally like him as a person. But like something goes on with him when he got behind the podium where he just thought, he was, um, you know, outsmarting everybody in the room. And you can't think like that. When you're a coach, you got to be able to be humble. You got to take the punches. Look at Dave Canales after game one. The first thing he said was, I looked at those plays that were getting called. And, man, I was thinking, whose stinky plays are called? Or, you know, who's calling these shitty plays? And that, that's the mentality you need, the attitude you need to be able to be open with yourself, to be able to grow as a person and as a coach. To me, I think I felt like Byron uh, thought he hit his peak and, you know, he got the short end of the stick, not getting a head coaching job. And he kind of buried himself into a corner after all that and almost felt like he was, you know, overly qualified for the offensive coordinator job last year. In my opinion, You haven't really accomplished Tom Brady. You had Tom Brady. Like, why would you feel that? And like, and the thing was going around. I just want to say the thing that's was going around now that's on the national headlines is basically saying Bruce Aaron's not coming around because Todd Bowles fired Byron Leftwich, and that's why he's been away from the team. And I, I don't believe that at all because you know Bruce I don't believe that either. But that's the thing that's going around in the news. Also, they're saying that um, Bucks fans are in shambles, thinking we're going to get dominated by the Eagles. That's on the NFL website. Like that's what's going on. It's crazy. Hey, well, like, but, but that goes that goes back to what I was saying about podcasts. I don't listen to them clowns. None of them. <laughs> Mike Florio, that idiot Mike Florio, and moron Chris Sims. And Chris Sims, Peter you King. Would, you would swear. You would swear Chris Sims was a Super Bowl champion. What? And, and he was an MVP every single year from his rookie year till when he retired. The way he talks, guy's so a clown. <laughs> yeah, so him cool. and Florio together is so cringe. And I'll say this too: I'm not, you know, I love uh, Bucks SI game day and all the great they do. But Sports Illustrated's Peter King predicted us to rank 31st out of 32 teams. And I don't, I, I don't mind if you do that. You know, if you lay out the reasonings, if you lay out your thought process and give me some good reasonings as why you have us as 32 or 33 i won't agree with you but i'll hear you out and then i'll counter argue you but peter king his reasoning for being ranked 31st all he put in the description was one answer tom brady peter if you watch bucks football last season you would know that brady hindered us yes hindered us just as much as he elevated us. And, again, that's no knock on Brady because without him, yeah, it's probably a worse season last year than we even had. Sure. Let's be realistic with ourselves. We weren't really prepared well last season. Uh, the whole Bruce stepping down when he did thing. Bowles didn't get his guys on his coaching staff. Um, Brady was distracted with his divorce. Really so. But then he had the crypto thing that, you know, that was a big deal that went, he lost $40 million there. He went to a wedding on a weekend that he had a football game. Let's just say it wasn't the Tom Brady focus of old that we once knew with Tom Brady. So I don't want to hear Peter King saying the Bucks are going to be 
a sad sack of crap because Tom Brady left when at the end of the day, Gene, me, Huncho, everyone in this chat, KB, Pepin Steppen, Tony M, everybody knew who watched Bucks football last year, knew that Baker Mayfield's mobility at the very least has the opportunity for this Bucks team to be just as good as they were a season ago. Just right. as good, if not better. And this this I just want to say this quick thing right here, because this is what I told my uh my uh Eagles friend. I'm like, bro, you're talking about Tom Brady, but you gotta understand football is what the ultimate team game, correct? And we have literally most of the guys that went there and won a Super Bowl still on this roster. You don't think they still have that pedigree, that fight? They they know what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. They've been in those crucial moments. They want to go win a Super Bowl, and they're prepared. They These guys played at an elite level to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, coming back against the Saints, playing uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, those games were monumental. Bro. Like, And people forget that these guys were making plays. Keep in mind, Todd Bowles held the Chiefs to nine points in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Come on. These guys still on the roster. I mean, granted, we lost a few guys, but – for the most part, we got a lot of upcoming guys that still was on that team, and they 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 fail to realize that it's bigger than Tom Brady. It's a team game, and I just can't wait to see the, the look on their faces at the end of the year when we're in the playoffs and um we we've done this and, and we're making a run. I yeah. think you, yeah, Gene, you got anything to add, brother? No, he's he's spot on. I I totally agree. Um, I just I feel like what we've seen from this defense, we've just barely scratched the surface. I mean, Thanks. you had your one of your starting corners was out and they still went out there and performed. Again, I, I'm happy with that because that's giving some of these other players a chance to get on the field and get uh precious minutes that are gonna help them, you know, towards the middle and back into the season. We've got an early bye this year, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a grind. Uh, from week six on, uh, the last week of the season is going to be a grind uh, because you don't have you don't have that anymore. So I have the Sports Illustrated in hand right here, courtesy of Pops, because we're flying to the game tomorrow. He's uh, co- yep, he's in the background watching us, and uh, he he's shared the Sports Illustrated that as the Bucks finishing in the last at four and thirteen. I mean, I need predict- to get that. He predicted the Bears would be better than us. He predicted the Texans would be just as good as us. He predicted the Patriots would not only be better than us, but win double the amount of games as we would. You know, there's just a lot of things in here that kind of crack me up. But we could spend a whole show. I need to get that just so I can have it, just because I'm petty like that. I would actually buy that. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) right. Like, I might, you know, I'm going to keep this out as bulletin board material. There you go, man. I'm going to use it to fire up the Bucketeers and really get into things as uh, we get a shake and bake comment, receipts comment. We need to keep a spy on Hertz. Speaking of keeping a spy on Hertz, uh, Gene, we'll start with you here. Eagles have a lot of loaded talent offensively, defensively. They have a hell of a field goal kicker, Jake Elliott, as well. Well, Jalen Hurts aside, we know we obviously have to watch out for Hurts as he's one of the best players in the league. Who's one guy on this Eagles team, either offensively, defensively, special teams, that kind of, you know, when you go to bed Sunday night, you're, you're going to be thinking about this guy and say, hey, we got to do our X's and O's on this cat to make sure that the Bucks have the most successful game we can. Ooh. Um, 
maybe there's a lot of them, man. Like, I know AJ Brown has been has been playing pretty good. Um, he's a beast. What a yeah, trade that was for them. I think they gave up. He's been uh, well, whatever they gave up for him, he's been incredible. Hutch, you know a lot about AJ Brown or not really? I mean, AJ Brown, he um he had shitty last. Well, not shitty, but he hasn't really been this year. He hasn't been AJ Brown of late. You know what I'm saying? Him and Hurts uh, got into a little sideline little thing on um, I believe when that was the last game or the, or the game before one of them. I think it was the last game. They got into a little, you know what I'm saying? So they they're not on the right page or something's going on. And um I feel like we have the perfect players for them. Like you got Carlton Davis. If he's to come play, put him on either I put him on um Brown, of course, and let Dean deal with Smith and, and, and go from there. But I don't feel like it's gonna be a blowout on their behalf on from the Eagles side. I, I really feel confident in our team to go out there and perform, especially if we're playing in Tampa. Like, that's one of the major keys I feel like that's going to help us also, believe it or not. I feel like we got the home field advantage that's going to help us instead of going to Philadelphia and have to deal with all that, you know. So that's where I'm pretty much at with A.J. Brown. Yeah, he's going to get his. They say he never had, like, two games back-to-back where he did, he had a bad game. So we're going to we're gonna see, man. It's, it's any given Sunday, but in this case, any given Monday, I feel like our team has a lot of chips on their shoulder. They hear the chatter outside the room. I mean, outside the uh, yeah, the locker room, and they know people yeah. are doubting them. So they're gonna go out there and perform. Like I'm, I'm expecting them to go out there and play like some dogs. They've been gang tackling Devin White. He's been on everything. Uh, Sharinka, he's been playing phenomenal. Shaq, I'm glad he got that interception. You know, build his confidence up, build those guys' confidence up to get back in that mode to uh, get back, turn back into those grave diggers, man, and. I like it, man. I'm ready to see what we can do Monday. You know who's one guy I'm looking out for on the Eagles, and not necessarily because he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but more so because their familiarity with him and uh, he, he's been. No, well, Justin Evans. Uh, remember the big Justin Evans, the safety here in Tampa, oh, who used to. Yeah, he's on the Eagles now, actually, and uh, he had a fumble recovery last week, and. He's starting over Terrell Edmonds, so he's making his own in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see if he has any revenge juices flowing in his motor. Not that the Bucks did him dirty because he had a bad injury. He played and then, for the Saints. He had yeah. that. That's when he played for the Saints, when we played him. Yeah, as Pepin Steppen said, Dwight did not. I knew you meant Devontae Smith, but... Hey, Dwight Smith, former Super Bowl champ, although he doesn't think too kindly of us anymore. Uh, you know, that that probably could have been the name. Uh, although it's a sidetrack. Have you guys heard the things that uh, Dwight Smith has said about our own yeah. Super Bowl ring? Bro, I talked to him at the training camp when I went there. He was sitting literally next to me talking shit the whole time. But as soon as he seen Byron them, he was going, oh, hi, what's up, man? Da, 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 da. Hey. Doing all this happy shit, you know? So, guys... He, he was talking mad shit about how the practices was, how Tampa was this and that, and they don't want to. He pay tried to it. say it was rigged. He tried wow. to say the stupid. I think was I rigged. think Jerry Rice did the same thing. And for that, that that Super Bowl, that that first Super Bowl, uh, Jerry Rice said it was rigged. That's hilarious to me. Well, it's funny. My record saying that. So, yeah, you know. It's funny because, you know, whether you think it's Gruden or Dungy's team, one thing's for sure, Gruden 
coached with all the guys in Oakland. He knew them like a book. Obviously, we had an advantage. It's not called fixing. It's called Gruden built that team and built those guys in Oakland and knew them like a book. It's simple. It's like in baseball when you have a pitcher who knows a batter so well, they hold the upper advantage. Well, that's mm-hmm. what happened in that Super Bowl. You had Gruden yeah. playing X's and O's with the Raiders, and that was very obvious all night. And you could have these guys like Smith. Dwight Smith is just salty that he didn't get the Super Bowl MVP or and whatever the hell his reason is. Because we, we, we don't honor him probably as much as he thinks. He should be. You know, he, he doesn't come around the facility. Simeon Rice isn't even in our ring of honor. But he was a – Dwight Smith was a role player. Right. Was, he just was a role player. I mean, I mean, he, he came up on certain plays, but at the end of the day, he was a role player. It wasn't – he wasn't like, you know, some of your other integral pieces that were getting pressure on the quarterback and hit. making their job easier because that's what happens when you're – speeding up a quarterback's clock they have to get the ball out faster you're doing you're doing a solid for your linebacker core in your secondary mm-hmm. and you remember every time he come on they used to say the beer truck driver there's like the beer truck driver isn't it wasn't that him they're saying he he got on he was driving beer trucks or something and then he did a walk on and that's how he got on with the bucks or something like that i remember they used to say that before like Every time before he comes, yeah, that's, that's probably. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I didn't realize he was still spicy about everything. Oh yeah, he's very spicy. I talked to him last year mm-hmm. at the training camp, and he was very spicy about it, Gene. He was, and then it was just like Two Face, man. Two Face. That, that's what makes me sick even more is the Two Face part, right? It's like why come around the Bucks and act like you're in good spirits, and then well, re- really, you, you know, Simeon Rice is a Hall of Fame to me. He should be in our ring of honor, and he should be in the Hall of Fame to me. Simeon was a hell of a presence on the field, was a great player for us. All in all, let me say, Let me say this about Simeon Rice, and what what a lot of people will not say is I think Simeon Rice was ranked second. When he left Arizona to come to Tampa, he he was number two historically with sacks. And that was including the, the fact that he had injuries he probably would have just, he would have been number one had it not been for the injuries that he incurred on that team. So when he got to Tampa, everybody's like, oh, uh, you know, Tampa already had a stack. No, they didn't. No, he was the he was one of the missing pieces on that defense, the way he was getting around to get to the ball. And um, it, it, he just doesn't get the credit he deserves because right. you had all these Hall of Famers on that team. But I still believe if Simeon Rice doesn't come to Tampa, they have a different look about him. Oh yes, most definitely. That guy was something special, man. Off the edge, he was, you couldn't really stop him, man. He reminded me of Michael Bennett when we had Michael Bennett. He was yes. Michael yes. Bennett. He he came off the edge. They looked similar, and I'm just still salty that we let Michael Bennett walk like oh, that. Rockstar GM, that's a, love that's a different conversation, right? But but yeah, he good old Mark Dominic. Yeah. Hey, and you know what I love about Simeon Rice? Before we get some score predictions in, is I know. Uh, Neil is dying for those. He went to U of I. He was honestly probably the best defender that, you know, U of I's yielded in quite some time. So, and, uh, you know, Simeon's a local guy here for high school, college ball. Uh, he's always been a great guy and kind of, uh, you know, a quiet guy. Maybe that's why he doesn't get the credit he deserves too, right? He's not always flapping his lips in uh, the wind and talking nonsense. So, um, all in all, 
that Bucks defense, the 2020 Bucks defense, and now uh, I love our defense now in 2023. Obviously, I think we could beef up some of the depth a little bit, especially the secondary depth. But Christian Izian, man, he's showing a lot of heart and hustle, and I kind of just want to talk about um, Bucks players to look out for. Is it Izian? Is it somebody else for you guys? Uh, give me one offense and one defense of Bucks, dude. You got ready to break out to the scene on uh, Monday, Hunch. Oh, all right. You know, well, on offense, who I'm going to go with, I'm going to say Hall. I mean, not Hall. I'm tripping Hall. Yeah, don't Palmer. say Hall. Palmer. Palmer. <laughs> Logan Hall trying out for tight end now. No, oh, no, just don't say that. No, 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 no. Fuck that. No, no, no. <laughs> I meant, I meant Trey Palmer. That's who I meant on offense. Yeah. And I'm yeah. going to go with defense. Uh. I don't know if it's going to break out, but I think he's going to continue to do what he was doing, and that's uh, JTS. I mean, I hope he he uh, can just keep going where he left off last week, man, and dominate. I love your picks, especially. Um, I, I think JTS is going to continue to pick it up. I think Trey Palmer will be effective. I'm not sure if it'll – I mean, I, I think he'll – a touchdown might be in his future. Let's put it like that. Gene – you going with Palmer, JTS, or you got a couple of other cats that are kind of keeping your I'm, eyes open? I'm actually going with a with a healthy uh, a healthy Chris Godwin on offense. Mm. Uh, I believe that he's been consistent. It's time for him to break out. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw we saw flashes of that in the back end of the season, coming back from another player that's come back from a catastrophic injury, and he's been playing well and he's been playing consistent. Uh, I, I love, you know, I love what he's done. Uh, Mike Evans is a given. I And, and you know, I kind of promised myself I'm going to – we already know what you have with Mike Evans. I wanted to pick somebody else, so I kind of went with uh, Chris Godwin. And on uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go back with Michael Bennett. Uh, Michael Bennett, geez. It happens, <laughs> it happens bro. It happens. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Shaq Barrett. I wish he was here. Yeah, Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett has been mm-hmm. – um, He's been playing amazing. I did not expect to see Shaq Barrett back 100% until after the bye. True story. I mean, just the type of injury he suffered, I've never seen. That's just you. You've got to be a freak of nature to get back on the field playing at a high level in that type of position and um, and doing and just doing it. Right. And, uh, you know, props to him and, you know, shout out to, you know, I'm, it's, it's – you know, sad about his daughter and everything and, you know, the motivation that he has, but I'm glad he's out there. He bounced back and he's, he's doing his thing. So those are the two guys that I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing. And uh, one more thing, and I know we haven't really touched on it, but um, the Ronnie Barber ceremony, I'm, I would, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm disappointed. That I'm not going to be able to get to see it live. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been, that would have been just a dream come true, but you know, under the yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about it now. Thank, great, bringing it up. We were gonna wait, but let's do it now. Gene, I'm sorry, I missed. No, no, no. Hey, I, I've been meaning to bring it up and work it in more because <laughs> Rondé's been so great, and we were kind of talking about it before the show. And not a lot of people know. Well, actually, a lot of people know, but a lot of the newer Bucks fans who kind of just hear the older guys' names and kind of just watch the America's Games of the World and things as such. Don't really know Rondé Barber's journey all too well. And let's just say, um, very impressive one. Uh, you know, he 
barely played in year one here. In 97, when he got here, he barely played. He played in one game that season, and um, a lot of people, you know, were kind of writing him off after that. And let's be honest as well, it's not easy for a guy like him uh, to kind of be always included into the Tiki Barber conversation at the point in time as well. So Rondé didn't have the easiest to pass. He made the most of it. Wasn't even a day one, well, back then, I'm not sure how you'd consider the day breakdown, but he wasn't a, you know, big time pick. He was a round three cat. So Rondé had a very uphill battle. And at the end of his career as well, what some young cats might not know about the guy is he transitioned to safety, was able to extend his career for a couple more seasons. I think he played one or two as a safety and really... Um, he was a great mentor for the young guys, and Anthony Gator says one guy he always is thankful that he got to play with was Rondé Barber. So uh, let's give him his kudos and his props and his donuts right now, and uh, I'm going to be wearing my Rondé Barber jersey. That might be a little too snug on me, but, hell, I'm going to fit into it for Monday. I'm going to be wearing that at halftime. And, Gene, we're going to get your Rondé thoughts here quick, but – First, Tony says Cansey, hopefully. Tony, Cansey was ruled out for the game today, actually. So um, we'll be without the big man on Monday. Cansey is down and out on Monday. But Gene, we'll go you and then Huncho. Just kind of the synopsis and thoughts on Ronde. And I think you hit the nail on the head when, to me, he was more deserving of a first ballot cat. And, um, you know, for a couple of reasons, I don't think he got there, but. I'm just, uh, uh, and, and you, I mean, you just talk about his body of work. And I know you guys keep hearing me say that. I they, People are too quick to put the crown on certain people and not looking to see what their career ends up being. But with, with Rondé Barber and what he's done, um, I will be forever grateful that he shut down the dump with that interception in, uh, in Philadelphia. It, it was just probably one of the most incredible – Watching Donovan McNabb, who had been celebrating and dancing and laughing and kikikiing on the sidelines at the Bucks' expenses over the last uh, the previous few seasons, and then here we are, and that guy's trying to run, trying to run down Rondé Barber after he throws that pick six, and I mean that encapsulates what Rondé Barber is, what he means to this team. I mean, you talk about iconic plays, just seeing him with the Rob Van Dam with the thumb on the on the nameplates, I mean, that's strictly, that's Rondé Barber right there. Um, he's been consistent. Um, you know, you, you talk about the nickel corner. There was no nickel corner before Rondé Barber. And, uh, you know, just his his achievements put him head and shoulders above a lot of the other guys that went in before him, in my opinion. I agree. I agree with that. And, um, you know, I love John Lynch as well. Nothing against John Lynch. Both deserve the Hall of Fame to me very much so. But to me, Rondé, you know, I thought he was going to get in the year that Lynch did. And then Lynch got in. And I'm glad both of these guys ended up making it. But I do think Rondé, you know, I mean, he deserved it far more earlier than that. And uh, I think some people could have had his back a little bit better in terms of vying for him to get you into the Hall of Fame 100% as well. right. That hurts my nerves every time. I You you hit the nail on the head with that one. You're, you, I just wish that there was better representation, but I'll leave it you, at that. You should have been it, Gene. We should have had Gene <laughs> representing Rondé. Maybe he would have been in 
the you know like he deserved to hunch do you agree with gene and me with the you know the barber synopsis that hey maybe if uh couple people were a little more uh put pizzazz on their words you could have got in a little oh, yeah I, I know where you're going and I, i've been i've been feeling the same way i mean you know the man was, I heard, yeah, he's so dry and it's the same you thing. heard the speech you what, what was your thoughts on the speech that uh, not this year but the speech where he was initially um you know he was supposed to go he could have gone in and the speech that he gave to the hall of fame i mean i feel like i just didn't have that like you say, pizzazz. It just felt like Dry didn't. He didn't point out the key points and, and make him feel how the how special Rondé really and truly was, and how much he meant to his organization. And that's how I feel about how I presented him. I mean, luckily he got in, but I don't think the presentation was there at all. Man. Didn't do him no favors. Yeah, but I think personally, uh, speaking on Rondé, I feel like Rondé is one of the smartest football players that ever put on the Buccaneers uh, uniform. That man was so smart, so quick. The the blitzes off the edge, timing, I mean, was immaculate. He just right, precise the tackling too. Just tackle in his hands. He's going to get the interception. And for him to be that small, to tackle those guys that he was tackling, to, I mean, it, you would think moving him to safety, oh, he's going to fall on that man still played at a high level at safety. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't help but love Rondy because he stuck around the longest and he played up every down. He gave it his all, man. And it's so special when you see that still picking up <laughs> interceptions, man. Like the guy was golden, man. And, yeah. and I see a lot of Anton Winfield when I look at, uh, from I mean, Barber and Winfield, they kind of mirror, but Winfield is just a little faster. But I think the more he progresses, he can be special like Rondé, and if I was him, I'll be in Rondé's ear getting as much as possible. And that's not coming from my words. That was Rondé's words. He said that on Film Breakdown. He said he sees a lot of himself in um, Winfield, and I agree with him, man. Yeah. They, they're both special, small guys, but they're very smart, heady players. Yeah, Gene and I were kind of talking about that as we have a couple of OGs in the building on Facebook. Kyle, Melody, Nancy, Duke, thank you so yes. much to all of you. Beautiful people and everybody in the chat tonight. So many great people joining us here on the Bucketeers and simulcasting on the great Buck What You Heard channel with Gene. Gene, um, how's the po- what do you got coming up for the Buck What You Heard podcast before we get into a couple other topics we got? And I think I'm thinking I may go live for the show and just kind of watch the game and commentate a little bit. It's always fun to do, and you know, open up. I'll definitely open up the phone lines, and um, I'll open up the live stream where if somebody wants to come jump on and you know, you know, talk about the game as well, they're more than welcome to. Um, the one thing that I will say that I, I love about this arena that we're all in is that this is something that you can get fans involved. I think fans lack a voice when it comes to your major networks and uh, a lot of your you know major entities. Even some of like, you know, they're even like on the internet, there are certain places where fans really don't have a voice. They just have to listen to what's being told to them or whatever. I I want fans to be involved. I want to give back to fans and say, hey, you know what? You don't have to sit back there and just listen to me and my madness. You can get on here and say whatever you want to say, too. So I really want to get the fans involved a lot more this season 
uh, because they do deserve it. They do deserve a platform where they can do that. And, um, you know, regardless, there have been times where I haven't agreed with opinions, but it's still a safe place. And I want people to be able to, hey, if this is how you feel, it's how you feel. Uh, we've gotten so far away from that uh, in this in this world. And people should be able to say, you know, whatever they're thinking. You don't have to agree with it, but, you know, you can always find common ground. Right. I love it. Gene, I think that's incredible that you said it like that. And, uh, you know, we try and do that here on the Bucketeers, Huncho, I, and the other guys. We get all the comments and we try and fluff them all up on the screen and try and get to yeah. it as much as we can because uh, it's great talking with uh, fellow Bucks fans about the game we love. And at the end of the day, let's all remember where we started from. And, uh, you know, it's just beautiful talking the game of football we love. And um, I'm always honored i i don't care who the hell you are i'm honored that people take the time out of their day to try and talk football with me try and talk football with us to me it's a cool thing and uh i watch some shows and some podcasts and uh if you make a comment unless you're donating money or something you'll probably never see that comment yeah pop up on that's the ridiculous so yeah you know it's one of those things where i agree with gene we have a beautiful platform and we really have to do um, our due diligence and continue to give people love and show them some love. So, Gene, I think that's cool, man, that you're going to hop on during the game. If I wasn't at the game, I'd definitely throw you on. And, uh, I give you a call. In. I'm going to um, come chime in, Gene, for real. Seriously. Perfect, man. That would be great. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I'll be here. Just So, you know, my co-host, he's going to be at the game, <laughs> slamming back beers, you know. So I, I'll definitely be here. You, yeah. are, can you tell by my belly I'm a beer guy, or uh, no. are you are you inferring something else there, Hunch? But no, you um, just see him in person. You'll see a lot, man. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Poking, you know, poking the bear. That's that's how it goes over here. Hunch is always uh, yeah, showing me the love. I like I like to poke fun and make fun. You know, have a little yeah. fun. You know, but that's what it's all about, man. That's oh yeah. where it's nothing. It's nothing serious. It's just like you're having fun. Exactly. Um, I, I I get the business all the time from from a lot of different people, but right. I bring a lot of it on myself because I'll I'll throw some shade and then walk away <laughs> and act like I'm innocent and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> that's just this is how I am. But yeah. I think, again, I, man. Th- this is why you look forward to the football season, you know, and, and, for, and sometimes I have people from different teams stop by, uh, you know, different fandoms and, you know, they're, everybody's welcome. And, right. and again, that's kind of where I want my, you know, I, I want that platform to be is like, we want to reach out to everybody. You know, right. Not so much, you know, Dallas or Atlanta, but every, mostly well, see, it is interesting. I, you're, Hatred for a football team is like me for Dallas. Dallas and Atlanta are interchangeable, pretty much. Whatever. I, I don't have that animosity towards the Saints. It's Atlanta, and it's been Atlanta since we've been in the division with them idiots. Yeah. And Tom, thank God for Tom Brady putting them <laughs> in the gulag with that with that with Super Bowl win. And they've been quiet. They're trying to chip away now and get out there a little bit, get ahead of themselves, but. Yeah. Eventually they'll, you know, they'll let each other down. They'll, they'll, this team will let them down again. It'll, it'll happen. Don't you're worry. OG, Gene. You're OG, man. You're OG. So yeah, I know you got them old rivalries. You know about them. You know about some shit, boy. Yeah. Man, I'm. That's, I'm old, that's like Chicago. I was, I was glad Chicago lost because I hate Chicago, man. 
Chicago yeah. and Green Bay are two teams that I really, but it's kind of cooled off since we're out of the division with them. Right. And now I got Atlanta, Atlanta, Dallas. I just hated Dallas just because it's Dallas. Yeah, Dallas fans are the worst. Yeah, they're delusional. It's their year. But don't worry, they'll get let down before the season's up. They'll get let down again. Almost don't worry. definitely. They just took another loss. They took a big loss at cornerback. So we're going to see. I don't, you know, and I don't wish bad on anybody. That's, that's, uh, the injury is horrible. You know, I know I joke about that kind of stuff, but I wouldn't, you know, if you've played the game or you've, experienced any of this man just recovering from it uh, any kind of injury is it, it it's it's just a herculean effort man it just takes a lot it takes a lot out of you trying to do it so i don't wish bad on on no players um no. but like jerry jones well you know we'll say that for another conversation but uh well, you know, for the most part just any any player i don't i wouldn't wish it on Right. We'll, we'll we'll save that for the rated R uh, version of the show. <laughs> Bucketeers <laughs> after dark. With a capital R for the rating and the Bucketeers, that's what we're gonna do it's there. A big, a big pewter R in the middle. Sorry. Um yeah. <laughs> Um, wheel them back though quick to I, I love it though that's what we do best here Huncho and I have had conversations about everything under the sun and uh, you know we, we could disagree we could agree and we're brothers and uh, that's what makes it a beautiful thing so uh, I think too many Bucks fans are walking on eggshells when they're trying to impress people or talk to one another and really just be yourself and if you're an asshole we'll out you and no I'm kidding if, if we'll get along with you man. don't want to be wrong and and to me, I'm wrong all the time, but that's me? part of being a what? human being. That's exactly I, what I was gonna say, Gene. That's <laughs> part of being a human being, you know. And I even do apology tours. I'm telling you, Baker Mayfield balls out. It's gonna be Baker Mayfield or Todd Bowles. I'll be doing the apology tour next year, right. and and I will apologize at the beginning of every single show. I did that with Ryan Sucker because right. I was like pissed off that the Bucks. I was still. I think I was still mad the Bucks lost to Atlanta. And Jameis Winston threw that pick six. I was mad throughout that whole offseason. I was so mad I didn't care that Tom Brady had come to Tampa. That's how mad I was. Wow. Because I that's just how much I hate Atlanta. And so mm-hmm. when it came down to it, it was like, oh, we got Ryan Ryan Sucker, who cares? And you know, people were trying to tell me, oh man, he's gonna be he's gonna be a factor for this team. And then once I started watching him, and he made me forget that Tampa had a kicking problem. You know, up until that point, and and so I was like, you know what, got to get him on the apology tour, and so just if there's a player I'm wrong about, I do not have a problem admitting that I was wrong at all, you know, because it's just part of it, and I will, you know, openly say that hey, I was wrong, and you know, I'm calling it out, I'm calling myself out. I think that's I one of the. Say what? Say hunch. Be with you with Ty Bowles. I think Todd Bowles play calling so far this season has like been night and day from, I think Lord Byron was that much of a, a headache for him Byron. last year that, that that's kind of where we got to where we got to, you know? Yeah. yeah he, he didn't believe in him and trust him enough. Todd yeah. And I think that, that led to some of the play calls that we saw. Yeah. And the point I, in I, four from three. 
I think Byron took it personal, too, although I think Bowles is a much better head coach candidate. I think Byron did take some personalness to not getting the Bucks next nod at the job. But at the end of the day, Bowles was the one who was going to succeed Bruce from day one, and it was made clear when Bruce picked Bowles. And I think Bowles did a hell of a job in New York. I know um, the resume might have showed a couple seasons that didn't go his way, but if you really looked at that Jets scenario, that Jets situation, what Bowles was put into, and the juice he was able to make with those lemons, he didn't really do all too bad in New York. I was actually yeah, kind of impressed. Their GM was horrible. And I remember our own Stunna wanted Bowles to be the head coach. When we hired one in 2019, Stunna actually wanted to Stunna, Bowles. Stunna is still calling Ronald Jones one of the greats or something. What does what he call uh, Ronald Jones? He says he's a – a savior or something like that. He's the savior. Well, he's wrong a lot of the time, too. We'll put it like that. But I will say, you wanted Todd Bowles to be our coach here. Um, and now yeah, he, he just is, got so. cut from Dallas, by the way. Yeah. And he was uh, suspended the first couple games of the year for uh, performance enhancement. So, um, That's crazy. Hunch, I know you got a run in five, so we'll get some score predictions here quickly. I will say my player of the game's quick. Um, Antoine Winfield Jr., let's go have a show. And I've, I really think he's going to come up big because they have tight ends, wide receivers, a running quarterback, great running well, – not great running backs, but a great run scheme. So I think we're going to need Winfield to have a hell of a game. And then I think Kate Otten steps up on mm-hmm. Monday as well. I think we've seen some signs of him this season. He had a big drop in uh, week one, I want to say it was. He had a big drop, but – I think Kate Otten, he had a lot of targets last week, a lot of receptions last week. I think him and Baker Mayfield are going to keep becoming friends. As the defense is focused on Evans, Godwin, uh, you know, running on the outsides, running deep, I think Kate Otten could get some good little action over the middle. Speaking of action, fellas, it's about time to pick the scores and Puff our chest out and say it with our boldness, fellas. Hunch, score prediction, lay it on us, brother. Are we getting to 3-0? Uh, definitely. I'm going to go with us every time. I don't give a damn. It just ain't last year or the year before. I, I, so I like us right now, and I'm going to say Bucks 31, Philly 28. 31-28. I love it, Hunch, and uh, we'll swing back for your last word here in a bit. Gene, 31 31- I'm I'm superstitious every time any every time no lie every time I pick the score the Bucks have lost so I'm not adding to that right there so carry on I love it man actually that's that's what you call a great guy right there sacrificing because you know he's sacrificing a, a, a chance at what some clickbait for score prediction for the heart and soul of the team so that that's why we love Gene and Buck what you heard for always putting the team on his back. I'll go ahead and I'll say I, I think we win 27-23. I'll have the Bucks upending the Eagles 27-23. to I think we get a four-point win. I think we play some clean, efficient ball offensively, and I think we're able to not only contain Hurts but bury the run game of the Eagles, force them to pass, and I think A.J. Brown is going to have some more bubble guts on the sideline as him and Jalen Hurts get over it and, um, you know, continue to get argumentative with one another. But, Hunch, I know you got to hop off, brother, as um, we'll go to me and Gene last here. But what's your one big thing in walk-off? Uh, we've already had an 
epic hour and 20 minutes before I got to start putting you gentlemen on the payroll. We'll uh, get into some closeouts here in the last segment here, Hunch. What, what's your one big thing in walk-off before Gene and I take it home? Uh, one big thing is I want uh, I want to see Canales continue. That's been my thing, Canales, Canales. But I want to say defense, defense. We got to uh, limit limit Hurts and it starts up front. We got to stop their run game and make them become one-dimensional. Swift had an awesome game last week. We definitely want to contain him as much as possible and um, make him have to throw and beat him with a, beat us with his arms and contain Hurts at the same time. It's going to be a task, but who's better to do it than Todd Bowles' defense, man? Um, I want to say it was great to have you on, Gene. I love your energy. I'm gonna be in, I'm gonna be in touch. I'm gonna be on the shit. I'm gonna aggravate you, bro. So be prepared, I man. I, I, I love having you on, man. I missed you last time, but it was great to catch up. Tones, you Gene know, needs I, more trolls. Right, I, you got me for the job. Tones, I'll see your ass tomorrow in person. So we already know. You know. Yeah, just hit me up, bro. I know you got my number somewhere deep down in your pocket under the, um, you know, under your wallet or something. My my phone's hiding somewhere in your, uh, in your right. phone. I love you. I love you, bro. Y'all take care. Y'all stay blessed. Hold it down. All right. Go Bucks. See you, Hunch. We love you too, buddy. Have a great Friday night. I'll see you tomorrow in person. I cannot wait for that as I will be Tampa bound tomorrow. But Gene and I are right here and we're going to come at you guys with our last thoughts and last words as we head into the final stretch here, the Bucketeers. And um, I just want to say this, my last word, well, maybe not last word, but I had a thought. I just love Rondé Barber so much that, um, you know, I know it's impossible, but Gene, if we could have home announcers every game, you know how baseball and basketball you get yeah. your broadcast team. If we could have Chris Myers and Rondé Barber for the entire season, I- I'd love that. I'd be perfectly okay I, with that. I really would like for them to replace the two idiots that we've got to deal with on Monday. And I know I'm opinionated, but I hate Joe Buck and I hate Troy Eggman as announcers. Um, I would rather just not listen to them. Um, I'm hyped up that I have a mute button that I can use. <laughs> and uh, that's what I will definitely be using it, it, during that time. Uh, they ruined, they've ruined Monday night football for me. And, mm-hmm. but hopefully maybe they, the other team, hopefully this happens. Maybe the other team gets Joe Dork and Buck Aikman <laughs> and we don't have to deal with them. Right? It could be a possibility. I don't think it yeah. will be, but. I think we're, we're going to be stuck with them, too. But um, outside of that, no, all, all joking aside, I would love to see um, – I would love to see him as an announcer. I, I really would. Full-time an announcer calling Bucks games. I think he's – just with his football IQ and his charisma, I think he's ideal, you know, for Bucks fans. And he's a guy that, you know, if he really wanted to, he could be a lot more of a homer, but – he tries to be as balanced and unbiased as possible. And I love that about Rondé Barber as well. So um, I could see him being the, the next, you know, big announcer for, for the Buccaneers. I agree with you, Gene. And Tony says that Rondé can do whatever he wants to do in Tampa. I'm sure, uh, you know, he's just a great guy. Everybody yeah. loves Rondé. I've really never heard anyone say a bad thing about Rondé, especially if you're a Tampa fan or from the 813 area. I, I met him I met him in Germany last year. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and 
class act, a real class act. Uh, didn't get to spend a lot of time with him because, again, he was getting ready to sit down to eat. And I just wanted to catch him because, you know, people are people and they still want to be, you know, their time respected. So uh, it, it really worked out really good. I met him, Jason and Jason Light. And, uh, you know, I met one of the uh, I met one of the Glaciers as well. So that was a phenomenal. Oh, and of course, Mike Allstott. But that was a phenomenal time going to uh, Germany. And uh, it was it was probably one of the proudest moments being a Bucks fan next to the Super Bowls. Uh, it's it's right up there, man. Just the atmosphere there. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. So, um, again, you know, I'm just happy that he's part of the Bucks lore that we have that's continuing to grow. And Gene, I do. I know it's far away still, but this off season we're going to implement. We, we've been thinking behind the scenes and in the 2024 offseason we're going to implement um something called the battle plan where we take uh bucks fans and podcasters who have been to um maybe not necessarily away games but other stadiums to watch the bucks play and kind of get the land the lay of the land and their game day experience so i'd love to have you on to be able to talk about the germany game oh um, man when the time comes i could talk about that for hours man like i said uh, that was the most hyped. I have never experienced anything like that in my life. You know how you hear the music. You you hear the music at Bucks games. Everybody mm-hmm. was singing the songs at <laughs> the game, and it was loud. It was not like you had a few people here. Like I'm just disappointed that Americans don't do this, but over there, everybody was singing. Mm-hmm. And when they did uh, Country Road uh, with John Denver, that. Just, I still get chills thinking about that because they were singing. The Bucks had called Tom Brady had called a timeout, and they were singing the song. Play started back again. They were still singing "Country Road," and it mm. was the most incredible thing. It was actually on, I think, NFL Network or something like that. But I've never experienced like anything like that in my life. So, definitely, if you if the Bucks ever play in Germany again. That's the trip. That's your ultimate trip. Other than a Super Bowl, that's your ultimate trip right there. And I think I'd love that. Maybe if they, well, I don't know if you'd go back, but maybe. Oh, heck you, yeah. The beer was maybe incredible. We, maybe we could get a good little crew if they go up there again and, uh, you know, have ourselves a little fun up there. Buck what you heard and Bucketeers uh, collide out there in Germany. Yeah, be it, would be, it would be incredible. It would be definitely a, a good time. I, I just want to say I met Rondé as well, not as cool of soil as Germany, but I was honored. I met him last season uh, before the Colts-Bucks preseason game. We were eating in the hotel, and out of the corner of our eye, we seen Bruce, Rondé, Chris Myers, and Tom Moore walk in. They just happened to have a nice dinner at Alamo Steakhouse, and um you know, they were just having fun. They were being cool at the bar. They were talking to a lot of people. So I, I went up there and Rondé and I talked a little bit. Um, my lady and him talked about, you know, celebrity, uh, you know, whatever show Tiki's on. And, uh, <laughs> he, he was just a great guy. All in all, just a great guy. And I'm forever thankful for what Rondé has done here. But Gene... An hour and a half, brother. Um, yeah. We could talk Bucks ball all day. What are your – before I have to uh, send you over some Venmos, PayPals, uh, Apple <laughs> Pays, Google Pays, whatever the heck pay it is, um, it's been an honor, brother. You're welcome on any time. 
Yeah, I will definitely take you up on that too. I, I, I've loved the, I love the experience. I love the listeners. You guys, you have some great listeners out there. And uh, again, just getting to associate with them. Um, you know, be sure to like and subscribe. You know, with Buck, what you add, Buck, what you heard on YouTube. And uh, if you're not following me on Twitter, that's where I hang out and talk football and wrestling and just other random stuff. But um, I'm always down to, to to talk about you know whatever. So definitely hit me up. Um, I'm always I'm always for it. And um, again, uh, if on Monday, definitely be on a Monday, and then Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern is normally how you catch me. Thursday. So for those listening, it just I know things change. We're all human, right? If me or you have a problem, we we got to change our schedules a bit, too. But Thursdays are usually the day or the night, I should say, people could catch you and buck what you heard. Correct. And that is permanent. That's been the permanent move. We were one Wednesdays forever, but it just got to be such a such a tough deal that uh, it just seems like anybody that I work with, whether it's Michael Pless from Real Bucks Talk or KB when he's not traveling, uh, just getting one of those guys on, it just seems like Thursdays worked out best. Yeah, it's funny how that works out, right? That's kind of how we ended up on Tuesdays. It just kind of played into, you know, it fell into our laps. I tried Wednesdays, you know, busy schedules, busy people. And as you said earlier, too, uh, you know, some podcasts are great and love working with each other, talking with each other and, you know, being friends with each other. And then some of them, as sad as it sounds, you know, you really just – don't want to be on the, you know, it's just a whole crazy thing. But all in all, I'll be there every Thursday. I watch you all the time anyways. Um, I was on a couple weeks ago. And, uh, it's yeah, always- we got to get you on again, man. Yeah, I love watching you, KB+. Plus. It's always fun. I remember when you had Tampa Sports Bay on back in the day. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. You always have some incredible people, brother, and you yourself are the most incredible in the room. So that jersey's awesome. Everything about you is awesome, brother. It was an honor to be able to chat your air off tonight. I really do appreciate you joining us on a Friday to hang out and talk some of what we love best, Tampa football, brother. There you go. Hey, man, be, be safe on that trip. Uh, eat your Cuban sandwich. Eat one for me. <laughs> Where do you recommend? I, I know everybody says, you know, there, there's all the places, uh, Brocadas, um, you know, Columbia. Where would you recommend to get the Cuban from as your parting gift for me? I would go to Brocadas because I like devil crab. I like their devil crab. So mm-hmm. I go there and get it there. Um, there's a Tampa sandwich shop. I'll have to I'll shoot you the, uh, the address to that place. It's over in West Tampa. And you can't go wrong with a press Cuban all the way from over there. But, um, you know, you may even want to go to Cacciatore Brothers, you know, over in West Tampa. But I'll, I'll, I'll link you up with some stuff. I might have to sleep with a bib on tonight just thinking about <laughs> all these foods and Cubans now, man. You got me yeah. really thinking. I just – I can't wait to be there tomorrow. And uh, I'm looking forward to – Seeing how your uh, show goes on Monday. Once again, if you guys are interested and if you guys are like Gene, myself, and Huncho and aren't huge on Buck and Aikman, feel free to join, put it on mute, and line up Buck what you heard with the uh, TV dial and you could get yourself Gene and some other Bucks fans and potential guests uh, to broadcast the game pretty much. So there we go. going to be exciting. (laughs) It, It sure is, brother, and hopefully the final score is exciting for bucks eagles as well as it's been 
wonderful here on the Bucketeers. I think technically our 129th episode of the Bucketeers. Nice. So, um, you know, the, the numbers keep going. I don't even know if that's accurate anymore. But nonetheless, <laughs> we've had a great honor going to battle tonight with Gene from Buck What You Heard. Gene, once again, brother, it's always an honor with you. It's been a true honor here tonight. And uh, Pops has passed out, I think. But he even said, man, what a great guy you are. So we all appreciate, appreciate it, Appreciate that. Really do. You guys could catch him at Buck What You Heard and keep up with him on Twitter as well as he'll do. He, he's the most back and forth guy on Twitter there is out of all the podcasters. So for anyone out there that just wants to dip their toe in the water, get with Gene on Twitter and he'll be right there with you. On behalf of Gene and his great stuff at Buck What You Heard, it's been Tampa Tones and it's been our buddy Huncho as well. And for cats. A-Cats, Bucko, the Bruce, and Stunna, who couldn't make it tonight, they give their salutes as well. Fire the damn cannons. Go Bucks. 27-23. We're getting to 3-0 Monday. We won't be back Tuesday because it's a travel day for me. We'll readjust that to Wednesday for the Bucketeers. We'll be back with you guys Wednesday. Make sure you catch up with Gene on Monday on the Buck What You Heard channel on YouTube. Thanks, everybody. Go Bucks. But you got to be a little enthusiastic after being there, bro. That, that game atmosphere was ridiculous. Energy, electricity. That place was rocking. Anyone was there, and a lot of the, a lot of the uh, Super Buck fans were there too. The, the Buck. Tampa Tones. We are joined by Lee Goon tonight, uh, host of the Pat and Aaron Show of WDAE. Uh, Pat Donovan. And it sounds like Stunna is bumbling a little bit. Going to put him on mute for a second until that gets a little cleared. But we're joined by Pat Donovan. It looks Donovan. like Stunna is hanging out with Cheech and Chong in a car with the windows up or something over there. <laughs> it does look like we got a little. No, my, my uh, camera's broke. <laughs>